And we're back. We're back for our second interview with my son. Oh, honey. Hi again. Oh, honey, Ash. Um, and it's funny, I hadn't listened. Unfortunately, I failed to do the editing on the first interview, and I realized it was almost six months ago. Six months ago in June of this year that we did the first one. I'm trying to get that up uh, today, if at all possible. But. I mean, what did you think of the first interview? You were laughing at some parts of it. Yeah, it was it was fun to do. It was fun. It was a fun day and fun. But what did you realize yesterday? Like, what there were there were parts of it when you were going, whoa! Did you did you sound different? Did you sound different now? Like when I saw you yesterday, I said, you look like you've grown taller, my friend. I have. I have grown an inch taller. Mm hmm. Did you sound? You think you sounded different than you did six months ago when you were? Graduating fifth grade elementary school. Now you're a veteran of three, four months of sixth grade middle school. No, not really. I don't think I, I don't think I really sounded different. Okay, so you think you sound the same? But what one of the reasons that I was wanting to do a second one, besides the fact that I should be doing one every week, like I said I would, is yesterday you made a statement unprompted, and one of the first things you said to me was what? Um, I'm in middle school now, and I've noticed that it's just a huge jump from fifth grade in a lot of different areas to sixth grade. Mostly in like the field of teachers, they're more strict with rules. There's more rules in sixth grade and in middle school in general. And more, I should say punishment on a higher level and just maybe going to a principal's office, talking to them for about an hour, and then going back. So what are the kinds of... And I think people, when you, when you make a statement like that, I think people see the punishment side. So what are some of the punishments that you've seen, and what are some of the behaviors that you've noticed that get the kind of punishment that you're going, whoa, this is now different? Um, I've noticed that most kids in... I've seen eighth graders have been... Uh, getting into fights. Not you have been getting into fights, but you've seen eighth graders. Yes, I have seen eighth graders getting into fights and fighting each other over whatever. And um, uh, some of the punishments that I've heard of and and have seen are ICS, which is in class suspension, uh, in school suspension, which is basically just the same thing, and just out of school suspension, not being able to come to class for about a week. So, what have, has there been anybody in your class in your class that has any of these things, any of these suspensions? There was one friend that I had. His name was Jordan, and he had OSS, just out of school suspension for about a week. What did he do? I don't know. I just remember him not being there for a long amount of time and I asked somebody where he was and he said that he was fighting and he got OSS. So have you ever seen a fight from like beginning to end? Like what would cause two people to just physically start pummeling each other to the point where, you know, security or teachers or principal has to get in? Have you ever seen something start and then it escalated into a fight or the things that you've seen 
Have you just seen the fight part, or you just heard about it afterwards, or what's the what's? I've um I've I've heard about fights maybe on a bus. Like fights on a bus, or while you were on a bus, people were talking about. Yeah, that. when I was on the bus, people would be talking about what had happened that day, and some people would say, "Oh yeah, there was a fight today between blah 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 blah," and um, it sort of scared me that people were just. They were just going after each other. And it was in the first like month of school how people could just become enemies in the first month of school. Yeah, so we're, we're December 6th right now. So your middle school started late August, so September, October, November. So basically three months, a little over three months. And about, if you had to put a number on it, how many suspensions, suspensions do you know about? Like, are we talking 10 to 15, 10 to 20, less than 10? Less than ten. Less than ten. Is it kids that? Is it kids that? Are there any kids that get suspended? They come back and as soon as they back, they get suspended again. Yes. There there's, are. There's a lot of kids. Sixth grade or early eighth grade. Sixth, sixth grade too. They'll uh, know that they'll they'll go up to their teacher and they'll just be coming back from a suspension, and um, they'll start to. They, they seem like they've learned their lesson, but they're just going to keep doing it or, or I don't even know why. They just, they don't want to go to school. So if they think that the best uh, solution for that is just to be as, as bad as possible. So what is bad? I mean, what are we talking about? Somebody just walking up to a kid? And throwing throwing the book back down so they can get in a fight, or I mean, what? What have you heard? What have you heard about how these things happen? Uh, I've heard about like arguments with teachers that have escalated into um, not a fight with the teacher, but like other people passing. They'll say, "What what are you doing?" And they'll get into a conversation, and then it'll escalate into a fight that all the teachers have to come and stop it from escalating even more. Have you ever been in in the hallway where people are fighting and you know everybody comes around, ah! they start screaming and hollering, people are pushing and sort of you're on the fringes of it and you get physically touched by the whole mess or no? No. You've never thankfully never been in that place. I don't know if I ever told you but in my middle school I remember sixth grade there was a food fight just about every day for a year and there were gangs outside that I knew of. There were gangs outside the school. There were gangs inside the school, and I mean, it was it was the the, the threat of violence was real. They said this is the first time you're kind of feeling it. Is it overwhelming, or is it just like a another part of the day? It's just it's something that I just decide to ignore. I mean, it's just a nuisance that I'm not really involved in, mm -hmm. but I know that it. I'm aware of it. And yesterday we talked about the fact that unfortunately, predominant. The majority of these kids that you hear about suspensions that you see are, are, are who? Are African-American. African-American boys? Yes. Okay. How, how and you, girls. And girls, too? How do you feel about that? It's, uh, it's kind of disappointing to know that the only people that I know of getting in fights are African-American and that they are just escalating and it's the number is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger why do you think that is i actually don't know i don't know i don't know where 
people people come up with these things and I'll, I'll, I'll ask where they got it from and they'll just say, I don't know. Come up with what things? What things? Like, just how people sort of live their life. People will, will go up and they'll start fighting somebody. And I don't know why, but people are starting to ask, like, why are you, why are you just fighting randomly uh, just to get attention? I don't even, I don't even know why people do it. It's... Are you saying, okay, are you saying people, are you saying people who are not brown or black are coming up to you and asking you for reasons? Why black people or why the black boys are doing that kind of stuff? No. no? I'm, I'm asking other people. Oh, who, and who specifically are you asking? Teachers, friends? Teachers. How many black boys and girls would you, can, would you call friends over the last, you know, three months that you've been in the sixth grade? Because I know at your elementary school there were not a lot of uh, black kids in general. So I'm thinking in your classes now you're probably seeing more, more black kids. A lot kids. more. A lot more black kids. Um, so have you befriended some? Nope. None. So if I if I make this statement, Ohani Ash, do you have any black friends at Lincoln? What's the what's the number? Two. Boys. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade. Yeah. And these boys are in your. Classes. So is it one class that all the people travel around together, or are you, no? No. It's a so he's in like your homeroom class. In band. In in band. And how often do you talk to him, or to to them? Every day. Every day you're in band. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys talk about? Do you guys talk about these escalations? Do you talk about? So are these people like you who try to sort of ignore and see these acts of violence or these things as a nuisance? Or are they more close to these things? What do you think? Uh, I think they might just think of them as a nuisance, as just something that that happens. And as long as I'm not involved in it, or they're not involved in it, then that's okay. We could see that this is happening, but we don't really care. It's it doesn't have to do with us anyway. Okay. Do you we feel just it? Let it happen. Do you feel ashamed or embarrassed? Like people are judging you and your 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 friends, your three of you that are in band, based on the actions of people who are escalating and being violent and ignorant. No. 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 So no attachment, no connection to those people. No. Okay. All right. And one of the reasons I thought this was kind of topical is is because of what's been happening the last month or so in Ferguson. You mentioned Ferguson, uh, Missouri. And you, you know what happened there? What happened there? Um, a police officer shot an unarmed black civilian, basically, boy. And I still don't know why. Okay, well, the, the story goes that he went to, he went to a, like a corner store. And it looks like he might have taken some cigarettes. Taken some cigarettes out of the store without paying for it. And as he and one of his friends was walking from the store to his home, Instead of walking on the sidewalk, they were walking down the middle of the road for whatever reason. Police asked them to get out of the road. Uh, police brought them over to his car. An argument ensued. And the word you used is escalation. It might have escalated a little bit. And at that point, I guess the police shot the boy. Um, and there's, there's police is saying he was provoked. Police is saying he was slapped, he was touched. People who witnessed it are kind of, as far as we know, the things that have been stated say that people who witnessed the whole incident are kind of leaning towards the police, but we don't know that. We don't know for sure. 
But the fact is a teenage boy was shot by a police officer. Uh, so you knew about that. And then yesterday we were watching, we were watching, what were we watching? We were something late at night. We were watching football. We were watching football at night. And then we saw them interrupt and cut into a, uh, a march that was happening in Durham about 20 minutes from here. And these were people that were marching in solidarity because of what happened in New York City. And you didn't know about that. You didn't know about New York City that there was a gentleman that was strangled by a police officer. And funny enough, to give a cigarette connection, they said that he was selling cigarettes someplace, I think outside of a store, something like that. And he, he wasn't licensed to sell the cigarettes. So what, ha what would have happened would be the police officer would have come up to him and said, look, don't do that, written him a ticket, and he would have to pay a fine. But they're saying that the guy resisted. And so police officer came up to him, grabbed him, choked him, and there's, there's a YouTube video, maybe we'll watch it later, of this whole thing happening where police officers jumped on top of the guy. And while they were choking him, they killed him. They killed him. They killed him. They killed him. Swallow when the laws you follow are enforced on land your ancestors were wrongfully mounted on and the very principles this country's founded on can't be counted on in time of crisis and confusion what an illusion they've pulled off on us misused and lost I trust too many times but ain't too many rhymes been written about this so I'm pissed cause for some odd reason we feel like it's better that less is said but for God's sakes niggas they left us for dead and there's no denying them fathers crying with their family sidewalk written what was so cleverly hidden is now in plain vision for all to see we want y'all to see how this country does its poor and downtrodden. This is an instance that must not be forgotten. It's for keeps. Long after the media sweeps, political name calling and lying. Cinematography and desensitize the eyes so we don't cry no more when we see people dying in despair. We don't care. We just changed the station. We live in a nation where the poor have nothing but time to spend, so we left waiting. Tailgating floodwaters outside the Superdome. Home no more. Show no more love than some of them third world countries we take over. This the real rape over, and this ain't young boy fussing. Faded emotion, this is grown man rationale. Hard to admit my nationale, don't give a fuck about its own, but the evidence is clear, we can stack it up. Kanye made a statement, Ice here to back it up. So what happened a couple days ago is that the the people who were deciding if the police officer actually choked the black man to death should be should go to trial, just like what happened in Ferguson. Um, they were trying to decide if they should go to trial. People decided, no, it's not important. Let's not go to trial. And so that's why people are upset. Because somebody got killed, and those two police officers are never going to get prosecuted. That's why people were upset. And so that was going on in New York. And so the people in Durham last night were protesting that decision. Um, and again, 
for me in sixth grade was the first time, and not that I didn't have a lot of African Americans in my classes before. Fifth grade I certainly did when I lived in Brooklyn. And when I, the first year that I moved to Brooklyn, sixth grade certainly because half the school, I mean the the school was 90% Hispanic and black, and kind of saw the same kind of things in sixth grade. Kind of saw people and, and more or less tried to ignore it and try to just do my thing. I was one of the few kids that. I brought all my books to school with me every day, every single textbook. So my bag was stuffed. And so, I mean, I was just worried about getting home with my bag in, in, in one piece rather than worrying about a whole lot of things. And I just try to kind of stay focused on, on my thing. Do you, do you find it hard to do that? Is it getting hard? No. No? No, it's not really that hard to bring your stuff to school. Do what the teachers tell you. Don't mouth off to your teachers. Go to your classes, don't skip class, and then go back home. Instead of going to this first class, having an argument with your teacher, and then going to the principal's office, and then going to the next class that you have to go to, and then having an argument in that class, and then during, during the transitions, you get into a fight, and then you go to the principal's office, and then you might even get sent home, because you might get hurt, or you might just have OSS right there. And it's it's not that hard just to it's not that hard to just ignore. It's, I'm trying not to get involved in sort of things like that, and it's kind of easy. Okay, so why do you think it's hard for those people who are getting in these incidents where they have to do in-school suspension, out-of-school suspension, principal suspension? And why, why do you think it's difficult for them if it's easy for you to kind of ignore and do your own thing? And I mean, it seems simple. You go to school, you, you don't talk back to your teachers, you do your work, you come home, you do it again, and you do that for nine months, and then you take a summer break for two months. doesn't seem very difficult. Why do you think it's difficult for those people who you see keep repeating these mistakes over and over again? It's not very difficult for them. I don't think it's difficult for them either. I think it's, it's their decision. They're thinking in their head, okay, okay, this is this class. Uh, I'm going to do this and this and this. It's, it's going to hurt that teacher's feelings. And then uh, I won the conversation. No, they're just... If the teachers are are just thinking, what are these kids doing? While the kids are thinking, yeah, we won. We are ruling the school right now. But it's not really helping them get any sort of education. They think they're just going to pass and go to the seventh grade and then the eighth grade, and then to high school and college. So you think they think school is kind of like some kind of combative them against the teacher kind of thing, instead of just, yeah, I'm here to do more or less a job, which is to learn. Yeah. My job for the next three years, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, is to learn as much as possible. And some of the people that stand in the way of doing that, and not in a negative sense, but are the teachers. They're the gatekeepers. They give me the information so I can move on if I want to go to seventh grade. I've got to kind of be nice to them. Is that sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. And where do you think it came from that that you understood that? That you understand that and, and, and these people don't? Just one day when I was in sixth grade, maybe in the first or second month of uh, school, I think it just clicked that these these kids think that they're hurting the feelings of everybody that they confront when really they're not they're they're not really helping them or anybody else they're just being annoying 
and it's annoying for the teachers, it's annoying for the students, because they don't, they don't get to learn either, because these kids are disrupting the class. When they send them off, there's three or four other kids that are just going to do the same thing, so we don't get anything done in class. So the days where these incidents happen, basically that's it for the class that day, the teacher, or does the teacher try to gain control back and, and keep moving on? The, sometimes the teacher can just, there, there's maybe in my science class, there's about four kids that will just do whatever they want in the class and they don't care, maybe four African or five. African-American kids? Yeah. Boys? All boys and girls. Okay. And, uh, All sixth grade? Yeah. And they'll do just whatever it takes just to stop class and get the teacher to argue with them so that they don't have to do anything. And it's like, a, it's like a team. It's like they're secretly working in a team. One of them, if one of them gets sent out, then another one will start something up. And if that person gets sent out, then another person will start something up. And then the class will end, and then they'll just think that they won even though they won't be able to come to school. Some kids are even getting sent off. Sent off where? Some, I've, I've heard that there were like two or three kids in the sixth grade that can't come to Lincoln anymore. They got expelled? Yes. Okay. After only three months? Yeah. Well, less than three months. The idea of um, getting attention, because you said they want to disrupt the class, and when anybody disrupts anything, just like, the, just like the demonstration last night that we, we watched on the Durham Freeway or the demonstrations in Ferguson, people are trying to draw attention to an issue. So in some weird way, do you think these kids are seeking attention? Yes. Okay. And why, why are they seeking attention in class? In their own little special world, they're just the king and queen of everything. And they, they get to do whatever they want to this and whatever they want to that. And it's not going to affect them in any way, shape, or form. And it's just annoying for them to to disrupt a class and then just walk off like nothing ever, ever happens. But you said that, okay, for those 40 minutes in a class, or those five or six minutes when they disrupted, they get to be the king and queen. So do you think there's at any point in their lives, once they leave school, are they the king and queen? No. Someday they're going to learn that you're not always going to rule everything and there's going to be consequences for anything that you do to disrupt anything that might be important to somebody else. Like, when some fights are started, somebody goes up to somebody and starts trying to mess with them and then they'll just revolt and try to get them to stop and that'll start fights. It'll start a lot of things, and it's not a very good thing. Okay, let me give you a scenario, because what I was really trying to say was, okay, you mentioned that these kids, for the for the few moments that they disrupt the class, they're the most important thing. Everybody's paying attention to them. What if, before they got to school that morning, or the night before, or the week before, somebody was paying a lot of attention to them for some good things? Do you think they would be then disruptive in class the next day? No. Why not? If because they had, they'd gotten the attention that they wanted, and if they 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 know that they had gotten it, then they'd say my my mission is done. I'm I'm done now. So you don't have to 
punish me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done with whatever I'm doing. And it's sort of a, just a mission that they think that they have to do. They have to do this and have to do that. And it's just, what, what they're doing, it just confuses me. Okay, so where do you get, if you don't have to disrupt class to get attention, where do you get positive attention? I don't think they are. No, no, I'm asking you. Where do you, oh. if you don't have to disrupt class to gain that attention and be the king and queen of the, the class for those five or ten minutes, where do you get positive attention? Where in the world? My friends. Your friends. My family. Uh -huh. Myself. Okay. So if you can, outside of those couple minutes in science class, which sounds like a disruptive one, you can get the attention. Do you think they're getting the attention from friends, family, and what is what's the, what, what's the third thing you said? Yourself. And yourself. Do you think they're getting attention from friends, family, for themselves? No. I think that there's something missing that they're trying to find, but when they're trying to find it, they're only hurting themselves when they do it. So how can we help them? Because you're going to be there for another two years, and so, um, unless they get expelled, <laughs> or they're in suspension, you know, once a week for the nine months you're in school, you're going to have to deal with these people. How do we try to make sure they get some, some good attention? Ignore. That's what I do. If somebody's trying to mess with me, I just ignore them. And I just keep walking. If somebody's trying to mess and try to uh, annoy me to the point where they've gotten so much attention that I want to fight them and start a confrontation, then I just ignore them and just, they'll walk off. They'll go find somebody else to ignore. Can I tell you a quick story? Yes. Okay. And don't, don't process this story in your mind as dad saying, oh, this is what I did, you should do this, because that's not what I'm saying. But when I was in the sixth grade, there was a kid in my class, and maybe you should read the book that I wrote about it, but there was a kid in my class and his name was Jaleel. And Jaleel was a kid, African-American boy. He was huge. He was a big kid. He was my, I mean, he wasn't tall. He was, you know, a fat kid, a, a big kid. Um, if his parents had money, probably putting him to football would have been the best thing because he loved football. So he was a disruptive influence in school. He was a dis disruptive influence in class. Same kind of thing. I suspended a couple times while I was in the sixth grade. He had a brother. I mentioned that in, in, in middle school there were gangs outside. His brother was a leader of one of these gangs. And I think another brother was in jail in a place called Rikers Island in New York. So, kind of like you, I'm going through, why is he doing all this stuff? Why is he, why is he, why are, they, why are all these kids, kind of like you, the same thing, why are all these kids doing all this stuff? Don't they understand it's, education is important if they want to get to 7th, to 8th, to ninth grade, they've got to come here and learn and not be disrupted. Don't they get this? Alright, and again, Kind of like you, a moment when it kind of clicked in my head, and I don't know precisely when, but I realized the same thing, Julia wanted attention. He wanted attention. And I figured out a way that he could get it so that, selfishly, I could get a better experience in class so he wouldn't be disruptive. I knew that he loved football. He loved sports and he always wanted to be on the team, right? But nobody would ever pick him because he was fat <laughs> and slow. So... We used to play football every day, class against class, in sixth grade. And 
I was always picked to be the quarterback because I had a really good throwing arm. And I loved sports. I was always a good athlete. So what happened is I would make sure Jaleel was on my team. Every day we picked, people would, you know, would, would pick him last. But I would make sure he was on my team. And I would make sure that I found ways to throw him the ball in such an easy way that he could actually catch it. Because he didn't catch the ball very well. He wasn't a good athlete. He always wanted to be. He always wanted to play. But he's not very good. So, for example, like in football, if we're playing football and we were close to the end zone and I didn't have to throw the ball very far, very hard, you know, and he was just standing right in the end zone, I would sort of like pitch him the ball and he would catch it and he would score a touchdown and, you know, it might help us win or something or stay back in the game and he would feel good about himself. And maybe that afternoon when he came back, he wouldn't be that, he wouldn't be that pissed off and try to disrupt the class. That he was, so I found a way to in my own way, give him some sort of positive attention. And I'm not saying this is what you do to the bad people that you encounter at Ligon Middle School. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you're onto it. The fact that some people just, people need attention. They're not, they're not getting it in different parts of your life. I mean, if you go home, if you're Jalini, you go home and one brother's in a gang, he's probably not paying attention to you. He's going out with his gang friends. And then your other brother is in prison. I mean, perhaps... Your mom or dad were not doing the best type of parenting because these other kids were doing other things that ended up in bad places. So maybe they're not paying attention to you either. As Jaleel, and so every kid wants attention. Every kid wants somebody to pay attention to, to tell them that they're doing good or to tell them that they're okay. And if you're not getting that at home, you're stuck at school for six hours a day. I'm gonna try to get it there. And I think that's what he did. I think that's what these kids are doing. I remember those days when hell was my home When me and mama bed was a big piece of foam Mommy never like bathed and my ear never come When mama gonna work me go street go roam I remember when Danny them get my snow cone And make him lick a bread of them kick up Jerome I remember when we visit them with pure big stone And the boy Danny pop out something with full chrome I remember when we run but I get him knee blown And my best friend Richie get doing I'm down I remember so the avenue turning a war zone And Mikey mother fly out Cause she get alone hey. Mikey go to foreign and go turn all Capone Make one leap of money and say Me no a one no a we a lot the city And that is well known Yesterday Mikey called me from my phone Me say Mikey we get the thing them Them out a lot now We squeeze seven and the wall of them I don't know Me a bully for extra Cause we not rock now we got the kingdom, so we have to make way. We take it from the bottom to the top, baby. And now the whole community can live greatly. I remember those days when we was dead broken. I could barely find a dollar for a token. Hop in the train just to get where I'm going. Popos after me, I'm running like I'm smoking. Remember those days when I went to bed hungry. All I ever ate was white rice and honey. Big dreams in my head, empty my tongue. You're gonna see in middle school and in high school, you're gonna you're gonna see this pattern repeat itself over and over again. And then, and you think you said the right word, you can't get frustrated. You can't help everybody, but I don't think we can ignore it. I don't think you can ignore it. I'm not saying confront it every day, but I don't think it's wise to ignore it because it's there and it's gonna be there. And I think the best people in life try to figure out ways of helping. Not that I'm saying I was the best person in life because I helped out Jaleel, but stories about all the great people that we think about. 
they figure out a way of one drawing attention to an issue so that people can get help but it's something you'll learn it's something you learn as you go through middle school you'll figure out your way through it but it is frustrating does it ever anger you that these no. black kids are doing this do you ever look at it and say man you're making up you're making me look bad no. no so are there any other major adjustments besides the fact that I want I don't want to use the word violence but there's more acting out there's more acting out there are people who are acting out more because probably there are things going on in their lives that they really can't process and that's the truth they don't know what to do so they just act out are there other things that you you've noticed in the first three months no that are significantly different not not really well you said you said the punishment part but you also you also I think mentioned the reward part that's different yeah. So people are not giving you stickers and all, all those kinds of things. So what's different about the reward part? Um, every every Friday, I know this for sure, we have a raffle and... For the whole school? Yeah. The entire school has a raffle, but the sixth grade mostly, like, gets the rewards. Like, yesterday they were giving out Chick-fil-A and frozen yogurt gift cards. It was, it was cool that... They had larger prizes that could amount to more. So it seems to me that the prizes are things that can satisfy the individual. Yes. You, right now, your body, your mind, right now, in middle school, I mean, in the elementary school, it was just this idea, this thing, this, this, this check mark, or a smiley care bear, or something like that. But in middle school, it is food. Food is helping you now. Food is something that you know is going to help you. Mm-hmm. So is, is middle school about, so are they saying middle school now is about you? Yeah. Not so much the it's idea. It's more tailored to the individual. Middle school is tailored to the individual. That's a profound statement. Is there anything else you'd like to, to add about these new revelations about middle school? Things that you're kind of experiencing for the first time? And I think, I think you brought up a very good point. Just to keep note that middle school is, is kind of about the individual now, but you figuring out some of these answers on your own. That the rewards and also the expectations are things that have to be tailored to you. And it's very easy, I like the word, escalation. It's very easy for those things to escalate out of control if you allow them, because it can be incredibly frustrating can be incredibly frustrating and sometimes you just got to recognize there's some people you just can't help not everybody need, need in the thousand people that are in middle school you can't help everybody and there's some people going to come you're going to get expelled you're going to go you're going to never see them again and probably not going to be thinking about what's going on in their life because you're focused in on like you said you the two friends that you have you guys speak speak every day they keep you guys keep each other happy and you keep going
talking with winners, a loser or two. Got my number still, they think they real, but they just really awfully bitter. Salty niggas hate the smarter ones. These are the doubters who sour about my run. I barely made it out the slums. My value high, cause I do more than rap about a gun. I made money for niggas. Y'all never looking out for nothing. And I also said that I, and I still haven't done it, come up with five questions to ask you at the end of each of these interviews or these conversations that we have and to see how those things change. Sixth grade was, was kind of like you the first time I was really around a lot of young black men and, and kind of dealing with the whole reality of that. There's some people, and unfortunately people that get the attention of all the people that are doing this stuff that I really didn't care for and how that affected me. Thinking about who am I as a young black boy in America. And a lot of people don't think about that stuff until they're probably older, but I think you and I are a little different. I think we figure things out a little bit earlier. We get things a little quicker, and we feel things a little different. I think I was an old soul growing up because I dealt with a lot of stuff. And what's the word that I use for us? I, I've defined myself as a transgenerationalist, meaning that I'm able to understand the people, the things that happened before, a long time ago, able to understand how they affect me now, and kind of able to project for the future based on that. I think there are people who live in the past, there are people who live in the present, and then there are people who live in the future. But I think there are people in the spaces in between who kind of take the information from the past and make sure that people today understand the connection. And I think there are people from the present who do the same thing to help information move on to the future so we can progress. And you can call those people artists, griots, storytellers, whatever you want. But there are people who kind of advance culture and society. I've always wanted to think that I'm one of those people. And I think, sir, you are one of those people. I always want to make sure that I try to understand what your thinking is, where you are, and have you develop those skills. Because society cannot progress unless there are people who are able to take people from here to where we want to go. And I think, sir, you are one of those people. Griots, storytellers. Transformers, if you would. Guardians of the Knowledge Galaxy, if you would. What do you think? I think I am too. It's a complicated idea, but I think I am one. But you can make up your own word for it. Alright? I, I still haven't figured out the five questions that I want to ask you at the end, but I got one question, and maybe in the subsequent conversations we have, I'll come up with the other ones. But... Are you happy as a honey ash right now? Yes. Very. Okay. I'm, I'm happy as myself. You love yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you ch you, you've changed about the world that you live in? I don't think there's anything really big that I can change right now. Mm -hmm. I just have to ride, ride right now. And then I'll find whatever. I need to change when it comes to me. Good answer. Good answer. Give me a hug. I love you. I love you. Mm. I wouldn't change anything about you. Conversation number two is done. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all when the sun comes shining through. To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you
Just the two of us.